You're listening to the Mindful Weight Loss Podcast, episode number one. It's time to look at weight loss in a whole new way. Instead of focusing on calories in, calories out, you'll learn how to use your brain to transform your body and heal your relationship with food. If you're ready to lose your weight for the last time, you're in the right place. Because it's more than what you eat. It's who you are when you're eating. This is the Mindful Weight Loss Podcast. Here's your host, life and weight loss coach, Dr. Michelle Tupman. Well, hello, friends. Welcome to the very first episode of the Mindful Weight Loss Podcast. I am absolutely thrilled that you're here with me today. But I'll be totally honest with you and say I am terrified. I have no idea how to run a podcast, but you know what? I feel so passionate about sharing with you all what I've learned on my own journey through weight loss that I am putting that fear to the side and I am sitting here with you today to share everything that I've learned. And I thought a good place to start would be by telling you a little bit about myself and my own journey with my weight through my life, because I think it's a story that a lot of you will be able to relate to as well. And my story really starts out as a small child. I was always a skinny, scrawny little kid when I was really young. And I have this memory that haunts me. I'm always thinking about it. But my aunt was over one time when I was about four, maybe five years old. And she told me that I looked like a starving Biafran. Now, of course, as a small child, I had no idea what that meant. But later on, watching the news with my parents, I saw images of these very skinny, starving, dying children in Africa. And I thought, that's me. I'm skinny and I'm going to die too. And I remembered living in terror for years that I was going to die because I was too skinny. And around this same time, maybe a little bit later, I was in grade one And I was changing in the change room, getting ready for gym class. And a parent volunteer said to me, don't your parents ever feed you? You are so skinny. And again, that fear of something being wrong with me because I was so small really stuck with me. I didn't really start gaining weight, however, until I was a little bit older, about 12, 13 years old, which also coincides with a time when I decided I was no longer going to eat meat. I just didn't like it. I didn't like the taste of it. I didn't like the texture of it. I was too young to have any morality sort of associated with it, but I just sort of stopped eating meat. And my parents didn't know from a nutritional perspective, how to compensate to give me protein when I wasn't eating meat. And so I ate a lot of noodles with butter and essentially just ate a lot of the carby, denser foods and just didn't have a lot of protein. And, you know, that's when I started to gain a little bit of weight. I wouldn't have called myself overweight, but I certainly wasn't this skinny, scrawny kid anymore. And then later on in high school, I was in social studies class and we studied the movie Apocalypse Now. And I remember watching the scene in that movie where they are sacrificing the cow in a ceremony and the camera focused in on the cow's eyes as its life was leaving its body. And watching a documentary about the making of Apocalypse Now sometime later, I learned that that was an actual animal sacrifice that was filmed for that movie. And that really bothered me (laughs) 
(laughs) I had a hard time accepting the fact that that animal had actually died during the film of that movie. And I was haunted again by the visual of the life leaving that cow as it died. And that was when I, you know, announced to the world, to everybody, to myself that I was vegetarian and I lived as a vegetarian for a good 15 or 20 years following that. And I never really learned how to eat appropriately as a vegetarian. I didn't understand the importance of getting all the macronutrients my body needed. And I also stopped caring about my weight at that point in time. You know, I think when I look back at pictures of myself as a high school student, I was a little bit larger than average, but I certainly wasn't like I am now. I wasn't terribly overweight. But as I journeyed through my university years and gained more, other people started to notice and comment on my weight. And that was when I started to understand that I needed to perhaps eat a little bit better or differently, I should say, if I wanted to have a body that looked similar to everybody else's. But I didn't know how to do that. And that was pre-internet days. And I just kept eating the way I always had and didn't give it much thought. There was a point towards the end of my undergrad when I wanted to make a concerted effort to get in shape. I noticed that I felt better when I was active. I had more energy when I was moving my body a little bit more. And so I signed up for a yoga class at a studio close by where I lived. And I struggled. I struggled through it a lot. First two or three classes were difficult for me. I felt embarrassed, not because of my body, but because I was having troubles putting my body in the same shapes as other people in the room. And on my fourth class, the teacher came to me at the beginning and she asked me to leave. And she told me that Ashtanga yoga was meant for thin people and that a body of my size would not be able to do it. And she didn't want that example in her class. And I think that was the first time as an adult that I experienced body shaming, or at least that I was aware that I was experiencing body shaming. It was a good decade before I would try yoga again. And still, I will only do it in my own house. I'm terrified to take a class and relive the memory of that shame. And I think that was also the start, ironically, of me eating to numb out feelings that were overwhelming or difficult for me to manage. Of course, I wasn't aware that that's what I was doing at the time. That didn't come till much later, much, much more recently to now, actually. But at the time, I remember leaving that yoga studio and passing by McDonald's on the way home and buying not one meal, but two meals at the McDonald's and feeling better just having eaten the food. When I tell this story now, I can't help but tear up a little bit. I mean, how terrible is it to be kicked out of a yoga class because of the size of your body? I doubt such a thing would happen in today's age, but we all experience body shaming in in other ways. You know, and as the years rolled on, I experienced many instances of this. Maybe, I don't know, maybe a decade ago, hmm. 15 years ago, perhaps, when I started online dating, I had spent a number of weeks 
in discussion with a man that I thought was wonderful. And and I had showed him recent full body pictures of myself. I hid nothing back. And on our first date in person, we had a wonderful time. We went, we went out for dinner. We sat and talked and drank wine until the evening ended. And as we walked out of the restaurant, he turned to me and he said, I think you're amazing. I'm attracted to you. I think we would have a great relationship, but I really don't want to be seen with you unless you you lose some weight. So if you maybe just lost 10 pounds, then perhaps we could give this a go. And I am very rarely stunned speechless, but I was that night. I mean, what do you even say to that? I didn't have the courage at the time to call him out like I should have, but I walked away. I didn't say anything. I walked away and that was the end of that. I think I might have sent him a message a little bit later saying, you know, thank you, but but no thank you. But that was devastating. I mean, of course it was. But you know what? I picked up my socks. I moved on. All was good. And on another date from another man I met online, he brought up the issue of weight, you know, and he he brought it up in a way of, you know, passive aggressive, you know, let's talk about diets and exercise and what it's like going to the gym as a way to point out that I think you're fat and I don't want to say it. And I kind of called him out on that. And I said, you know, are you are you making a comment on my weight? And his response was, well, you know, maybe you could just push away from the table a little bit more often. And again, I was devastated. And again, I walked away and wondered, like, what the heck is wrong with me? And like, why do I keep meeting all of these men who are judging me for my body and not seeing me as a person behind it all? And of course, I got discouraged from dating. I kept doing it, but I was discouraged. And it really put me in a space for a few years where I was yo-yo dieting, exercising a little bit too much, doing what I could to lose weight, which I often did. And of course, promptly gained it all back shortly. That cycle just kept on continuing for me. And, you know, in recent years, within, you know, the last decade or so, I've been shamed by the body positivity people as well, because anytime I talked about my desire to lose weight, I was told, I should embrace my body. I should love my body as it is. I should live my very best life right now in the body that I have. And of course, there's some truth in that. We should be living our body or we should be living our full lives in the body that we're in currently. But I should also have dominion over my own body and I should have the freedom to make the choice to lose weight if that's what I want. And it's what I wanted. And granted, at the time when I was wanting to lose weight so that I could have a successful dating life, you know, perhaps that was wrong motivation. If I were in that position now, knowing what I know now about myself and my body and how the world works, I would have said to any man who criticized my body, you know, take a hike. You're not the one for me. And I would have found the man that would have loved me for the body that I had and the spirit held within it. But in my younger years, I didn't have that wisdom yet. But when I went to medical school, 
I was older. I was 32 years old and I was certainly overweight when I started, but nowhere near my heaviest. And a part of me really hoped that I would find the answer to weight in my medical training. And, you know, that didn't happen. Maybe we spent a few hours one day talking about nutrition, but that was about all that we got. And, you know, that was disappointing and also put me in this position where I graduated from medical school. I did my training in emergency medicine and I couldn't help but wonder. It's like I'm a doctor. I know so much about the human body and how it works. And intellectually, I know what I need to do to lose weight, and yet I still can't do it. Why? Why? And that question just kept coming back to me. It's like I have so much knowledge, and I am such a smart woman, and yet I still can't lose this weight. And so that led me to hiring a personal trainer. So this was actually a I won a scholarship when I left medical school. It was a $10,000 scholarship for someone choosing to do emergency medicine. And the scholarship was in honor of another medical student who had passed away in a car crash. And she was passionate about physical fitness and keeping people healthy through movement. And I thought I would use my scholarship and honor her and her memory by investing in a personal trainer. And so I did. I went three times a week for a full year and I lost a ton of weight and felt great. And I thought, this is it. (laughs) I've done it. I've solved the problem. Exercise and personal training is the key to everything. And it wasn't six months later when I had gained all of my weight back and felt absolutely terrible about myself. And, you know, here was the thing. I was working out three days a week. The very act of working out just made me want to eat better. And when my personal trainer and that, you know, left and my contract was over, I would go to the gym and I had no idea what to do. I didn't feel comfortable squatting without a spotter. I didn't know how to program for myself. I just didn't know what to do without somebody standing there beside me telling me what to do. And I started to feel insecure and uncomfortable in the gym and I just stopped going. And so if you fast forward again another couple of years, I then joined a year-long nutrition coaching program, which was amazing and taught so well. And it really focused on encouraging small daily habits that we worked on just just one day at a time. And, you know, from a medical perspective, everything they were teaching was perfectly sound. It all made sense. But then again, the big question for me was, why aren't I doing it? Why can't I follow through? Why can't I do these simple little things to feel better about myself and to improve my health and to lose weight when it is just so simple? And so after actually running two years through that program, I kind of gave it all up. I did. I went a good six months where I didn't think about diets. I didn't think about my weight. I had no rules around food. I ate whatever the heck I wanted whenever I wanted. And I didn't give it a second thought. And of course, I gained a crap ton of weight. I gained a ton of weight and I got to my heaviest weight. And that was a couple of years ago. And 
at that point, I wasn't able to fit into the clothes that you could buy at normal stores anymore. I had to go to stores that specifically catered to women in larger bodies. And I didn't love the clothes that I saw there. And I was so discouraged. And there was an evening when my husband and I had decided to go out for a walk and I couldn't get my shoes on. I had to ask my husband to help me tie my own damn shoes. And that was the tipping point for me. I made the decision at that point that something has to change, that I have to find the answer, that I have to figure this all out. And so I did. Here's what I knew for sure. I knew what wasn't going to work. I knew dieting wasn't the answer. Exercising like a crazy person wasn't going to work for me. Talking to my doctor wasn't going to get me any farther ahead. I knew that reading more books, surfing the internet, buying all the programs out there and seeking more knowledge was not going to get me the results that I wanted in terms of my health and my body and my weight. And so after exhausting all of the options outside of myself, I took a radical step and I looked inside myself instead. And what I discovered, and it wasn't even a discovery so much as like a slap in the face, was that if I wanted to change my body and lose my weight, I had to take responsibility for why I had gained that weight in the first place. And oh, trust me, this was not an easy thing to do. If you've been struggling with your weight for a long time, then you know that food and eating feels so out of control sometimes. You find yourself eating when you don't really want to be, and you feel urges and cravings that just seem so impossible to resist. It's like, have you ever felt like you were just in a fog while you were eating? I used to feel that way all the time. And so trying to take responsibility when I also felt so powerless in the face of food was a very difficult thing to do. I like using a garden metaphor to explain what's going on here. So you plant a seed in the soil, and then sometime later, the seedling pops up. And a whole bunch of biology and nature occurs deep down in the soil before that seedling ever emerges. And we love to watch our garden grow, but we rarely ever really think about what's going on underneath the soil. All of our eating behaviors, the overeating, the binging, the emotional eating, that fog eating, it's like the plants we're seeing on the surface. But it's the stuff that's going on deeper inside of us. This is where everything really stems from. And here's the truth of it all, really. If you don't have the results you want, it's because you aren't taking the actions needed to get those results, right? The truth hurts sometimes. I'm just going to say that again. If you don't have the results that you want in your life, it's because you aren't taking the actions needed to get those results. And usually this is because you're focusing on what's going on on the outside rather than on the inside. I'll share an example here. So many of my shifts in the ER end in the wee hours of the morning, and I end up driving home exhausted and hungry. And this is a really bad combination for me. So I always pack a snack to have on the drive home. Now, unfortunately, I pass by a McDonald's right after I leave the hospital parking lot. And as soon as I see it, it's like I've made this decision now. I'm going to pull through the drive through even though I had previously decided that I was going to have my snack instead. So clearly eating late night McDonald's on a regular basis isn't going to help me achieve my weight loss goals. I know that. But I eat my McChicken meal anyway, and then I question myself all the way home. If I know that eating McDonald's isn't good for me, then why the heck do I keep doing it? Well, 
It's 2 a.m. I have a 35 minute drive home and I'm feeling hungry and tired and stressed from my shift. And so I end up telling myself that I deserve a treat. Thinking that I deserve a treat makes me feel that urge for McDonald's and I wind up in the drive through. When I'm focusing on the outside, I'm blaming the drive through on the 35 minute drive at 2 a.m. But when I look deep into the soil, I know that it's really because I'm feeling the urge for it because I'm telling myself I deserve a treat. And so the solution here isn't for me to just use my willpower and choose to skip McDonald's. That would be like pulling the plant out of the garden, but leaving the roots behind. And what happens when we do that in the garden? Well, the plant eventually grows back. And likewise, I'll eventually find myself back in the drive through again. And this is really why so many diets fail. Most weight loss programs are focused on the plants, not the soil. They're all about those actions, what to eat, when to eat it, how to go about moving your body, all the things that you need to do to take care of yourself. And you may very well get the results that you want by taking those actions, of course. But chances are also good that you'll gain all your weight back before long. And why? Well, because you haven't addressed the root causes of your overeating. You're relying on willpower to get the job done, but eventually your willpower will run out and you'll fall back to your same old eating habits. I've seen this happen in my own life and that those of my clients time and time again. And so if you want weight loss results that last, you have to pull your old habits out by the roots, right? And this means you have to take a good look at the thoughts and feelings you have that are driving your current actions. Now, I will say that doing this is a skill that takes lots and lots of practice and patience. You're not going to get it right away. But once you understand this, you see that your thoughts cause your feelings and your feelings drive you to take action. And it's our actions that create our results. And so here's where the power lies in all of this. You get to decide on purpose how to think and feel in a way that will produce the results that you want. And you start by really paying attention to the thoughts that you're having in your mind. Now, thoughts can be tricky little things, right? They can be subtle. And so you have to be really intentional about taking the time to observe your thoughts. One of the most common objections I hear from my clients when I talk about this is that they don't have any thoughts or that really the problem is just that they just like food. Well, on the surface, that may very well be true, but there's always something deeper going on that's driving you to eat more than what your body really needs. And this is where our real work lies. Once you figure all this out, of course, taking the actions you need to get the weight loss results you want will feel almost effortless. And we will get there together as we go through future episodes of this podcast. But you can take the very first step today if you're ready to lose weight for the very last time. And if you want to find freedom from food, head on over to our website and download our free Getting Started Guide. You can find it over at www.waysahealth.com forward slash start. That's W-A-Y-Z-A health dot com forward slash start. The link will also be in the show notes for you there. I would love to hear from listeners just like you. You can find me over on Instagram and Facebook. I'm at Wayza Health. Again, that's W-A-Y-Z-A Health. If you have any questions or suggestions for future episodes, I'd love to hear them. 
Coming up next week, we'll dive a little bit more into how to bring awareness to your thoughts and feelings, because this is really where the magic lies. All right. Thank you so much for listening. I appreciate you. See you next week. Take care.